Hey there, welcome to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSealedCurtain.com. I'm uh, Chris, I got Paul with me, Joe's running a little bit late, but Paul, how are you doing tonight? We're in the Kenny Pickett era, era. what's not to be good? Yeah, I almost forgot. I actually was away from my TV uh, the night of the draft. I was falling intently on on my cell phone, and my goodness, after the Sears pick came, pick at 20, uh, I, I forgot about our feelings toward it, so I started to get all these gifts and celebration shots from Paul. Paul, you're really excited they picked Kenny in the first I round. am very excited. I know he's getting a lot of hate from people, but I, I think he's going to be solid. I, I've come to peace with it. I've come to terms with it. Um, you know, it was funny. My first thought when the pick was made was saying, oh my goodness, we have two, well, now three guys that are in their young 20s, probably like 25 or under in terms of, um, you know, Trubisky, Pickett, and Mason Rudolph. But, you know, it wasn't like the Steelers planned it that way. You know, they weren't sure that Kenny Pickett was going to be available at 20. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a lot of people saying, what was it, like 6, 8, or 9? I heard some people pick him going as early as 2. So, you know, the Steelers have to go with what is available to them. Yeah. And it became pretty clear that their number one quarterback on their board was Kenny Pickett. So if he's there at 20 and he's your number one, you go for it. Now, Paul, I, I really think, and disagree with me if you want but I, I really think that it may not have been Pickett if other people may have fallen. I, I think um, Jordan Davis, I, I think they would have picked him if he was at 20. Now, he went earlier than 20, uh, maybe a Kyle Hamilton. But, you know, those guys were gone. And, you know, I think the Steelers still had the opportunity to go with the best player available. And on their board, they felt that Pickett was the best player available. So that's why they picked him. Yeah, I mean, that's... I will admit when the Saints passed on Willis from all the rumors, I'm like, oh, no, we are about to draft Willis. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I, – I know there's a lot of people who want to give the Trubisky era a chance. Um, I, I, I think we need to put some options on the table and, and see who's going to rise to the top. Well, and here's another question, too. I, I thought back a couple weeks ago, uh, we talked to a, a friend of show. Let's just say he is. I mean, I think he is. Uh, Charlie Goldsmith, the Cincinnati Inquirer, uh, who covers the um, Cincinnati Bengals. He gave his thoughts on the Bengals going to the Super Bowl. But more importantly for us, the Steelers, you know, where the save the Steelers were at. Um, I thought Charlie had a lot of good points. Maybe the only one I disagreed with him on was, you know, Ben had limitations last year. And I think he was just assuming, hey, if you get a guy with a more lively arm, you know, DJ is going to be great and Claypool's going to be great. They drafted two receivers in the draft. And we'll talk about these guys in a minute. I think when they drafted two guys like that, it, it's telling you something about the receivers they have in the room. I mean, DJ's still a Steeler. Claypool's still a Steeler. I think they'll be Steelers when the season starts. But... You know, Clay. I, I read something. I think uh, Claypool and DJ are both four, five, and up in terms of their forty speeds. Sears got two guys who are four, four, and below. A little more dynamic, a little more quick. They can push the ball down the field. And I'll tell you, sometimes a young quarterback 
they're helped by the guys they have around them. Oh, Look yeah. back at Ben's first year. I mean, what would have been different for Ben if Ben came to the Steelers and they were 2-14 and 14 and they had no talent around them? You know, Ben came to a pretty stacked team that the only thing they were missing was that franchise quarterback. Yeah. I wouldn't call this Steelers team as stacked as that team, but I think having some quick guys gives uh, Kenny Pick a lot more weapons than they had last year for Ben. I bet Ben's, if Ben watched the draft, he's like, man, I wish I had these guys <laughs> last year, you know, instead of some of the guys I had. No, I mean, I, it, didn't, it didn't matter for Ben because he was going to throw it two yards to them. So it, right. it, it didn't matter who he was throwing to. But, I mean, and it, I don't want to harp on Ben, but he probably a couple, held on a couple years too long, I think. Well, I don't want to get too crazy because they're rookies. But I'll tell you, the two guys they got, they got a big physical guy who can take the ball downfield. Uh, I have every hope in the world that Claypool could be that guy. I I was seeing some things in this guy that you weren't seeing in Claypool. I think Claypool has the most ceiling. You know, he's kind of like my Malik Willis in terms of receivers. But he didn't live up to that. And I think DJ is consistent. Uh, the thing I like about this guy, Austin, they got in the fourth round. He's fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard some Tyreek Hill fast. Now, it doesn't mean he's going to be the next Tyreek Hill. But, man, getting a fast guy like that, that's something DJ doesn't provide. Yep. And I, I'm anxious to see what these guys do. And, again, they're rookies. They're not going to be Randy Moss the first year right. or anything else like that. But that said, hey, it's time for Steelers rookie to outplay where he's at. Uh, we, You know, Claypool had good rookie year. He took a step back. I want to see the Steelers receiver room take a step forward. And if DJ or Claypool are offended, they drafted two receivers. Okay, show it in the field. You know, Seriously. Take a leap forward, you know, DJ. You do that too, Claypool. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, so back to Pickett. Yeah, I talked about Malik Willis. I think I actually even said maybe Ritter should have been the pick over um, Pickett you know, in some of our pre-draft discussions. I'm okay with Pickett. Let's just move forward. Uh, see where it's at. Um, you know, the franchise quarterback choice is a tough one. Am I saying this is definitely the right pick? I don't know. Uh, I'm a little nervous, but hey, I, I hope I'm wrong. And, you know, we pay more attention to this now that we're podcasters. But this is a hobby that we do in our spare time. Uh, you know, Paul and I aren't breaking down hundreds of hours of tape. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we probably have... a maybe a little bit more educated opinion than some other people out there, but I can't stake my life or professional reputation on if, you know, Kane Pickett's the quarterback or Desmond Ritter. Yeah, you got to trust the guys you have in place. They yep. looked at the quarterbacks and said, hey, you're the best bet. And I'll tell you, it was a very, very weird NFL draft. Um, you know, there's people yelling at each other, is there going to be four or five quarterbacks drafted in the first round? There was one. I don't <laughs> think any quarterbacks got drafted well, a couple got drafted in the second, but, you know, they all went late. I mean, you know, Desmond Ritter went late. Um, you, you know, nobody else was even close to the first round. So, Malik Willis, the guy that, you know, some people thought could go as high as two, he went 86. Now, who knows? Maybe Malik Willis proves everyone that he's wrong. He turns out to be a great one. But, you know, Steelers got picket now. Let's put trust him. Let's see what happens. Uh, one other thing about Pickett, uh, Paul, that we should talk about. Um, when teams draft a quarterback one, 
Um, now, they drafted Pickett in the 20th pick. He wasn't like the first overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. But the NFL, especially quarterbacks anymore, unless it's Aaron Rodgers sitting behind Favre or Jordan Love sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, when you draft a guy number one or in the first round, you need to play him pretty soon. Um, yep. I really think, Paul, and um, I'm going to promo this later. I got a, a fun opportunity to, to talk to Ryan Clark of ESPN and a Steelers great. And, you know, Ryan thinks they may not play Pickett right away. But, you know, I was saying, I kind of disagree with Ryan, saying, look, man, I think they could play Pickett pretty quick. I, yeah. I mean, if Pickett shows himself during a training camp. I, I think he's definitely got um... – I think it's going to legitimately be an open competition. I think he'll have every opportunity to start over Trubisky. Um, well, and I think unless unless Pickett's not ready, like and again, if he's not ready right away, that doesn't mean he's a flop. Right. But just say, you know, they look at it and say, okay, we can't start him week one. Okay, then he becomes that quarterback and waiting. Mm-hmm. If Trubisky flops, you put Kenny Pickett in, um, and you know. If Trubisky is really great, okay, then you let um, you know pick it weight. But I I think it's going to take Trubisky being really really great, where people yeah. say, oh my gosh, this is what we thought he was going to be like out of the draft when he got drafted <laughs> high in the draft. And if he doesn't, he's that uh, game manager quarterback that you keep in as long as the team's winning. And if the team starts losing, you say, hey, it's a picket show. Or if Pickett takes that leap up, you might say, hey, it's a picket show a lot earlier. I don't think they're going to wait too much on Kane Pickett. Now, at the same time, I don't think they're going to force him in. But I think if he looks good or if, you know, Trubisky's horrible and they feel like they need to play him, uh, they're going to play him. They won't force him, but I think they're going to play him, to be honest. Yeah, I, and honestly, I I would prefer that. Even if he struggles, um Again, I, I fully expect. And I know I've been on the Kenny Pickett train for since before the season even started. Um, I, he had a great season, and he's uh, he's not as fast as Willis, but I think there was like a half second difference on their forty time. Um, if you saw that run with the fake slide, he's uh, you see that he's mobile. Uh, he's got a good arm. Um, I. I I'm looking forward to see what he he can do uh, at the next level. And here's the other thing. Say the roof comes completely off. Say there's some key injuries. Pickett looks bad. Trubisky looks bad. Say the team, you know, it, it's a nightmare. Team's 3-14. and 14. They get one of the top draft picks. There's a great draft class out there. I yeah. mean, it would be weird to draft a quarterback in the first round two years in a row. But if the roof comes completely off and we're like, oh, my gosh, what horrible decisions they made, you can try again. The Browns have done that in the past. Um, I don't want to be just like the Browns, but but there's opportunity out there. It's not like, you know, our team goes back 20 years if they don't get this right. But, you know, I, I think it's a a educated gamble to take. I, I, I still think there's a gamble there, but I don't think it's a – a horrible gamble. It's an educated gamble. They can do that. And I do think they've, I think they took this very seriously. I think they knew that this was about the future. Uh, I, I don't think they were casual about looking at the quarterback prospects. Uh, so I, you know, I, I, I love Pickett for a while. 
Um, I, I trust the the research they've done on the different options, and I'm excited. Well, here's the other thing you could say too. Um, very unique arrangement over there. They practice together. I mean, it's different locker rooms, but they practice on the same field. Um, you know, there was a lot of times where Tomlin talked to Pickett. And again, this wasn't just during the pre-draft process. You know, week, whatever the season, you know, Pickett's walk off the field, Tomlin's ready with his team. Hey, let's go sit down and talk. So Tomlin had a way of getting to know Pickett that he would have never known any other quarterback like that. Now, the danger is sometimes you can become too buddy-buddy where maybe you're like, oh, what a funny guy. I like his jokes, so we'll draft him. <laughs> But not that Tomlin and Colbert could ever make a bad decision. I trust their decisions more if they're comfortable with watching that guy and being around that guy all the time. I trust it. And you can say, well, maybe they're too buddy-buddy with him. Well, you know how it is. If you hang out too much with some person, you see their bad sides too. So yeah. it wasn't like they were just you know friends with him. If, if Pickett had some annoying habit, you were on the field or off the field, they would have seen that too and say, ah, enough of this. Let him go somewhere else. So, yeah. And I, I do like the fact that it, it's not like Pickett's going to walk out there. If he, if he starts week one, he's not going to walk out and be like, oh, my goodness, this stadium. Uh, th this is his home stadium. So yeah. that, I think that's going to be a huge advantage. The defenses would be different, but heck, any – Rookie quarterback, it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. it's nothing uh, new. So, yeah, like I said, you know, everything I've said before, I still hold. I'm not convinced it's Kane Pickett, but that's the choice they made. I'm willing to go with it, and we'll see we'll what happens. Made to believe. <laughs> well, and I'll be honest, if it flops miserably, the world doesn't come to end. You know, they can give another shot next year and everything else. So, it's, it is what it is. Let's take a quick break, and Paul, we've got 15 minutes to go for six picks, so we'll have to do a lightning round on some of these other guys. But uh, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers Power Half Hour on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The worst looking man you've ever seen. There I am on the subway train. All right, back here on the Pittsburgh Sewer Power Half Hour. Uh, I'm Chris Pugh. Got Paul Yancheck with me. Um, Joe is running a little bit late. Um, so, um, Paul, we're talking draft. Uh, we gave 14 minutes of a conversation on is Kane Pickett the guy or not. But let's go, let's do a, a quick kind of a speed round as we look at some of these other draft picks. Um, I'll be honest, Paul, I'm not a big draft guy where I know a lot of these guys, but I uh, got a chance to talk about a little bit over the weekend for Behind the Steel Curtain, watch some highlights. Let's start at number, second round pick, uh, George Pickens. Um, 6'3", 200-pound guy. 
Uh, he had injury, which kind of brought him down the draft list, but he came back. He had a good national title game. He won the helped Georgia win the national title. I like this guy, Paul. Yep. This guy is big, strong, physical. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the way he plays like a Michael Irvin type um, with a little combination of Heinz Ward. I mean, he's a intense blocker. I, I think he can push DJ and Chase Claypool, and I think that'll be good. And hopefully it makes DJ and Chase Claypool better receivers. And if it doesn't, let's start George Pickens over his guys. I'm ready. I think George Pickens is going to be a good pro. Yeah, I, I think – and obviously we, it's been a while since we've seen a consistent downfield threat. But I think you know, he's going to be one of those guys who can really help open that up. And that's going to make a huge difference for the, the rest of the offense. Yeah, and – It'll be interesting to see what happens. And I, I think in, in today's NFL, you almost have to start three receivers. I know sometimes you do two receivers at a time. So, I mean, I can see Pickens being started right away, um, assuming they go to a three-receiver set, which a lot more NFL teams are doing now. So, it'll be pretty good. Uh, Third-round uh, pick, DeMarvin Leal, uh, defensive tackle from Texas A&M. He's an interesting guy. He's 6'4", 290. Uh, some people say he's not physical enough to play inside all the time, and he may not be quick enough to play outside all the time, but he did produce a lot. And I saw uh, some mock drafts that said, look, he's a guy that's going to go third, fourth round. That could be good. I, I think I failed because before draft, I'm like, ah, I don't need a defensive lineman. But, you know, we still don't know what's going on to it. Um, Hayward's 33. Alalu is 35. You know, we need another young guy in the mix, so I, I'm okay with this pick. I, I don't know if this guy's going to be the next all-pro guy, but it sounds like he could be a contributor for the Steelers. Yeah, I, I, I feel good about the pick. I wish uh, – I'm, I was going to say I wish he was bigger, but obviously I'm sure – I mean, just look at how much T.J. Watt has bulked up since he came into the league. So I'm, uh, I would love to see a defensive lineman be a little bigger than he is uh, weight-wise, but you can – Eat some promantes between now and week one. Well, you know, it's interesting because I saw this a lot in the draft. Like, you saw the Bengals select a couple safeties, the first couple picks, and you're like, why are they just picking safeties? But, uh, Paul, they're saying this with the Steelers and other places. Especially on defense, you want guys who are versatile. You know what I mean? It's not like the old uh, days where you ran a 3-4 or 4-3 and they had to play a certain position. You know, these guys are playing inside. They're playing outside. They're playing different. And I think Liel would actually be good being a versatile guy that doesn't always have to stick one with one role. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's, uh, and that's a great point. And that could be uh, – he could be a great fit for that. Yeah, and, you know, everyone talked about a guy like Jordan Davis. I think the Sewers could have gone that way if he was still there at 20. Well, Jordan Davis is more of a uh, run clogger. So, like this Leal, uh, he brings a couple different dimensions. So, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening with him. Now, the fourth round, I got a chance to host one of their post-draft uh, pick podcasts for Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, they had me host the fourth round one. I didn't know where the Steelers were going to go, Paul. I just assumed they were going to go cornerback. They ended up going uh, receiver, uh, Calvin Austin. I didn't know much about him. But the more I started reading about him, he's an intriguing guy. Very little guy, 5'9", 162. He's a good returner. But he caught a lot of passes for Memphis last year. And, again, 
just because they're throwing out the name Tyree Kill doesn't mean he's going to be the next Tyree Kill. But this guy's a speedster. And they did not have a speedster on, on the receiver core last year. So I'm intrigued to see what he could do for the Steelers. Yeah, he was uh, just kind of doing some little background work here. Uh, he was a sprinter on the track team before he joined the football team. Yeah, it, it was interesting to see how they used him. Um, I, I think he caught like 50 balls last year. So, I mean, he, he can catch footballs, but they use him a lot of unique ways. I mean, a lot of jet sweeps, which has become a big thing. It's a Matt Canada thing. And, again, yep. I'm not willing to give the reins to Matt Canada for the next 30 years. But Matt Canada's going to be your offensive coordinator. Give him some guys who can play that role. And, you know, um, I, I saw a lot of uh, jet sweeps from Austin. Um, you know, some reverses, some short passes, some slants that looked good. Um, and getting that punt return. I, I know uh, the Sooners got Gunner, and they're hoping Gunner could be that guy. But instead of, like, I don't want to make the same mistake to do with Ryan Switzer, where you bring one guy in and say, this is going to be the guy. And if he doesn't work out, you're like, oh, well, you know, we tried. <laughs> hey, you got two guys. You got two chances of getting it right. And let them compete. Let's see what happens. I I mean, Paul, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Joe brought this up a couple weeks ago before the draft happened. We were looking at saying, hey, maybe Anthony Miller is your third receiver. This um, post-pick podcast that we did, we're looking at Anthony Miller not even making the team right now. But if you look at all the guys, you look at the two draft picks, you look at DJ, you look at Claypool. Um, Gunner isn't really a receiver, but you have to put him there, a receiver. Right. Uh, you got Miles Boykin, and I know the jury saw it on if he's a good receiver or not, but he's a good special teams guy. You've got six guys right there, and usually yeah. NFL teams keep six guys. I mean, Miller might be on the outside looking in. I think he'll have a chance of making the team, but I can't guarantee he'll make the team. Yeah, I think that's a good position to be in. Um, oh, yeah. Where, you know, instead of your number four guy being Ray Ray McLeod, uh, I think we elevate the pecking order a little bit. I, I mean, last year, and I know we're just trying to be funny here, but last year, you, me, and Joe could be the fifth, sixth, and seventh <laughs> ranked guys on the receiver. Now you've got options, and like you said, it's a good, I mean, Anthony Miller is a decent receiver. If he is the odd man out when you're dropping decent receivers, that tells you you have a lot more depth than you had in the past. So, yeah. you know, I'm excited to hear what happens. Let's look at this other guy, and I got some thoughts on him. Um I don't want to be mean, Paul. <laughs> I love mean? my brother. If my brother lived closer to me, I'd be happier. Uh, we get along well. Sometimes we don't have as much time to talk. Or we get busy with our lives. The Steelers have five sets of brothers. <laughs> if they could play, great. But are the Steelers just getting brothers in just to get brothers? <laughs> I, you know, they draft Connor Hayward. This is um, Cam's younger brother. Uh, Michigan State guy, interesting guy. He's kind of a hybrid fullback tight end. Like some of the plays he made, I'm hoping he could be better. Uh, some people are even saying that might mean the end of Derek Watt with the Steelers. So one brother replaces another brother. He's made good plays. Tomlin and uh, Colbert in a press conference after the draft were like, hey, look, we're not just drafting a brother, but I don't know, Paul. It didn't hurt. <laughs> Yeah, but you've got five sets of brothers on that team. I mean, yeah, it's a nice um, special interest story when NBC does their stories, you know, like when Sunday Night Football comes to town or, or anything else like that. But look, 
They got produced, man. I, I mean, well, I, if if he has to beat out Derek Watt to make the team, his chances are pretty good. But here's the other thing, too. These guys are all professionals. I trust TJ Watt's professionalism. But look at reality. You know, you have a brother, I have a brother. Say we worked at Company X, whatever that company might be. Okay, you might be like, hey, I'm a superstar. My brother's, you know, marginal at what he does. But you're not a monster. Wouldn't you be a little peeved if you, if they they come to you or your brother comes to you and goes, man, I just got let go? I, yes and no. I mean, I think they understand the nature of the business. And mm-hmm. I, I think more than anything, what separates something like football is at the end of the day, they're competitors. And they want to win, and they want a Super Bowl. And if your brother isn't going to be the one to help accomplish that, then I think you'd rather have someone who can. Um, it doesn't mean you don't love your brother. It doesn't mean that you're not close. You might be hurt or sad that he was cut, but I think at the end of the day, especially a guy like TJ uh, and uh, Cam too, I would say, you know, they want to win. And okay. if if their brother can't get the job done, I, you know, they can't get the job done. Now at the same time, though, I remember reading like when the Steelers first picked T.J. Watt, not many people knew a lot about him. You know, some people were saying, "Why did they pick J.J. Watt's brother?" So just because it's a brother of a superstar doesn't mean we could discount him and say, "Oh, they just got drafted as their brothers." I mean. TJ's outshone J.J. Watt. So, I, I mean, it doesn't mean that Connor Hayward's a bum or Derek Watt's a bum or anything else like that. But I, I'm just hoping that we're not just picking guys because they're brothers of the guys. I know Tom was saying they're not, but... I was ecstatic when they took kid. TJ because I thought he had a lot of potential coming out of his Right, right. And, and that's what I'm saying. You know, Tom was going to tell you, hey, we drafted Connor Hayward because Connor Hayward's good. He can bring stuff to the table. I hope he can. If he can, great. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. I just don't want a situation like like Derek White. I'm not saying Derek White stinks. Yeah. I'm saying it more like, well, I, I, don't, think, I don't think they've ever found a, a, a way of using him. I mean, I think when they first signed him, they're like, oh, we're going to use a fullback. Well, nobody in the NFL uses fullbacks anymore. <laughs> so they're not using him a fullback, and maybe it's because he's not a great fullback. But I think it's also in this NFL I can't think of a team maybe other than the Ravens that use fullbacks a lot or the 49ers. I mean, there's not a ton of teams that do that anymore. So I think Derek Watt kind of played himself out of his position is not conducive to the NFL right now. See, I, I'm curious to see. Like, I feel like the NFL had this wave where it was just big and powerful, and then, well, we're going to beat that by just being fast. And I wonder yeah. at what point it's going to swing back to, you could be fast, but you still have to get through this brick wall. Uh, I wonder if we're going to see that swing back to just big, brutal monsters on the line. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk about um, Mark Robinson in a second. Um, that's criticism of Mark Robinson. He's an old-school linebacker. Now, for us football fans in the 90s and 2000s, we're like, whoa, wait a minute. We like old-school linebackers. But then the other argument is saying, well, in today's NFL, old-school linebackers may not work. You know, it, it, it's, kind of, it's a weird world that we live in. 
I gotta say this, and, and let's be brief about this, because I don't want to get any, um, uh, uh, me going off for two hours about this, but again, the Steelers and their name games. I mean, we've talked a lot about Marcus Allen. We've talked a lot about Mike Sullivan being the quarterback coach and also the name of the uh, head coach of the Pen- Penguins. By the way, great win by the Penguins last night. That's exciting. I uh, want a triple overtime game over the Rangers, first game of the playoffs. But, again, we're playing the same name game. Lots of brothers, lots of guys with the same last names. I don't know. Paul, we're getting a little too crazy here. <laughs> um, but, again, my best to Connor Haywood. And, you know, Cam, if you're listening to this, I'm not saying anything bad about your brother. I'm just saying I want to see him put it on the field. And if Connor can make the plays he made as highlights, I think he's definitely got a place on this team. I, I, I just want I, I want guys to take steps up. And Cam's done that a ton. Cam had a great year last year. My goodness. Yeah. And, man, I, I want to see him encourage his brother. I mean, if you can encourage your brother to do that, fantastic. Let's have more brothers on the team. Let's have, you know, all brothers. But uh, but I'm hoping that's the case. So that's my challenge you, Connor. I think you could do it. Uh, go for it. It should be uh, great. Um, really quick, because we're at, at the end of our time. Uh, Mark Robinson, I believe he's a Mississippi guy. Right? Ole Miss. Ole guy, yeah. Um, don't know a lot about him. I guess he was an old running back. They converted him to linebacker. He was good. Uh, they're saying he's an old school linebacker, you know, a solid hitter. That doesn't mean he can't cover receiver, you know, running backs out of the flat or anything. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I saw Devin Bush had a kind of annoyed tweet after that happened because Devin Bush didn't get his contract picked up. So he's... You know, he's got to play well or he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Hey, you know, let's see what Mark Robinson does. I mean, I, I think Devin needs to realize that he could very well be outplayed by round seven draft pick here. <laughs> well, and he's a seventh round draft pick. I, I mean, I know Devin had a tough road back from his injury, but suck it up, Devin. You're, you're a first round pick. <laughs> Knock the seventh round pick out. You know what I mean? Come on. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill over the weekend was all offended at the Titans drafting Malik Willis. I mean, Ryan, you stunk in the playoffs, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Be glad that Tannehill's with the Titans. A lot of people wanted him off there. It was crazy. Uh, let's go to this last pick. Again, seventh round pick. You know, drafts aren't won or lost in seventh round picks. So I'm not going to sit here and say it was a great pick or a bad pick. Uh, how do you say this guy's name, Paul? I was hoping you would just take it. Aladukan? Yeah. <laughs> He's a San Diego State guy. He's got some speed, not the best arm. Uh, I saw a couple highlights of him. He looked okay. Uh, it was interesting. The Steelers actually used one of their 30 draft visits, uh, you know, in terms of bringing someone to Pittsburgh on this guy. So I guess it wasn't a surprise. I didn't mind the fact that they drafted two quarterbacks. I'll tell you, I was going to say, and I don't know if you agree with this, if Willis was there in the fourth round, I would say, let's pick Willis too. Why not? <laughs> but it's fine they didn't. Um, I think he's okay. I mean, if he's half decent, you can keep him at number three and trade Mason Rudolph. You save a little bit of money that way. Um, if he's a practice squad guy, Again, we talked about how Corbett wanted to bring in four quarterbacks. And after the tragic death of uh, Dwayne Haskins, you need a fourth quarterback. So, And you might say, well, why didn't you draft him sign him as a free agent after the draft? Well, if he wanted that guy, you could be sure you get that guy if you draft him in the draft. So, I, I, you know, 
I, I think we're bordering on ridiculous if we sit here and yell about, oh, he's a great pick or he's not a great pick. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I will say, Paul, and I'm not sure if the Steelers should draft him, the shock of the draft, and, and it, there was a couple shocks in my opinion, uh, but Carson Strong. Some people were saying he could have gone second or third round. Um, I, I know he had some leg issues, like where he was very immobile. Maybe that would have lasted on the Steelers. But, Paul, this guy didn't get drafted. <laughs> I mean, this kid from South Dakota State went over him. Did that surprise you? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, this young fella, I, I never knew he existed until the draft. So, yeah, that's it was very surprising. But, yeah. I, you know, and especially with this final pick, I'm just thinking that the morning after Ben retires, Mason Rudolph woke up saying, this is now my team. And now he's saying, I don't know who I'm going to play for. I, I may not even be on this team anymore. That game against the Lions, there was a lot going on. The weather stunk. I, I mean, the play calling stunk. I mean, it was a rainstorm, and they Mason threw it 50 times. I mean, come on. You, you've got a good running back in Najee Harris. Why didn't you let him run the ball more? But I think that game told you what you need to know about Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I, I think he's a better quarterback than Mark Malone. He's not going to embarrass you <laughs> like that. But I, I think you sat there and said, yeah, he's not going to turn the ball over a ton, but if there's better options out there, there's better options out there. Yeah. And, and it's not like, you know, let's wait and see what he's got. I mean, he's he's been in the league a few years now. And he... He should have. I mean, he had every opportunity in the world to step up and show that he could be the next up, and right. he's fumbled that time after time. He would be okay as a number two quarterback, depending on who else he had, considering that he's not a turnover machine. But you've got Trubisky and Pickett, which should be higher than Mason, just on yeah. you know ability and. Yeah, you know, neither Trubisker or um, Pickett has a huge contract, so it's not like you're like, oh, you know, we're going to save a lot of money if we keep Rudolph over those two guys. So this kid from South Dakota State, I, I think if he looks decent enough where you can, you know, put him as your third quarterback, and you're not even dressing him if you're the third quarterback. So I think his bar to cross to become the third quarterback isn't going to be super high. No. I think if a new kid looks half decent, you trade Mason Rudolph. Um, or worst case scenario, he could be your practice squad quarterback. I, I, I'm wondering, and again, this isn't really going to mean much to the Steelers this year. I kind of wonder would Carson Strong would have been a better wild card, at least. You know, where you bring him in. Because again, <laughs> seventh round draft pick. We're not talking about drafting this guy number 20 overall. Um, but again, if we, I'm not arguing about it, I just felt it was a little bit strange because honestly, if our best argument is arguing about seven-round draft picks, I mean, come on. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's close it this way. Uh, overall, how do you think they did if we had to, um, you know, grade this draft? Overall, not just on picket, but as a whole. Yeah, I mean, uh, overall, I mean, I, I have no complaints. Um, I, I would have – I'm still – I, I kind of I'll, I'll give him a B plus or an A minus just because I I still would have liked to see some offensive linemen in there. I you can't have enough depth at O line, and I I know I think some of the uh, undrafted guys uh, are O line, but I 
would like to see some more options at offensive line. So that that's my only the only thing I'm not happy with is that. But all in all, I I'm very pleased with our picks. Yeah. You know, Corbett said before the draft that he said, hey, it'd be nice if we can get three stars out of this. And I'm with you. I mean, even the first round, I was like, man, is there a tackle that could have gone here or maybe second round? Um, I'm not sure if the tackles that were available, especially in the second and third rounds, would have started for you. And that was my concern overall about tackles, was just saying, I mean, unless one of the big guys in the draft fell tremendously to 20. I mean, yeah. if nothing else, for your last pick, instead of picking Obi-Wan Kenobi, I mean, just pick one of the big beefy guys left on the board. I mean, just see what he can do. It's kind of a throwaway pick anyway. Might as well. Well, again, with the, the, the tragedy of Dwayne Haskins, I almost – I didn't think they had to draft two draft quarterbacks – but it didn't shock me at all that they did. And I don't think it was that I, I don't think it was that bad of a thing. I I'm not a Chooks guy, but they're paying Chooks enough where he's gotta start. I mean you don't pay Chooks nine, ten million a year and say, All right, well we draft this guy, Chooks, you go to the bench. I I think what could be a problem, and I definitely agree, is they're putting a lot of faith in Chooks at uh, right tackle and yeah. Dan Moore, who looked good, but he's a second year guy. They're putting faith that these guys are going to be your tackles. I'm not sure if either one's a guy. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's a sub-front pick. It, it, it's a throwaway. I, I mean, even if they drafted a tackle, okay, he's a backup. He's I mean, backing yeah, up truth. If you, you know? just wait a few minutes, you, you could have picked up Obi-Wan as a undrafted free agent. I mean, it's, uh, he probably wasn't coming off the board at that point. Well, I mean, those guys were going. Um, it was interesting. Uh, one guy, and I'm a little biased. I did a story about him right before the draft. Haskell Garrett. I don't know if you know much about him, um, Paul. He was a uh, defensive lineman for the Buckeyes. He was supposedly going third or fourth round. And Buckeyes have a good tradition on defensive line. I know it's a little bit different on quarterback. But, you know, defensive line had a good run. Uh, he got shot in the face trying to help a friend of his. Like, it, it wasn't a fight or anything. Um, and he came back two months afterwards and had an All-American year. I think he battled through another injury. But it was really weird, man. I mean, he was supposed to go third or fourth round. Uh, but he didn't go, get drafted at all. He went to the Titans. So, this draft was weird. And I think part <laughs> of it was because maybe there wasn't that many fantastic, wonderful players but I think once you go back and look back on this draft, you're going to sit there and say, dang, the Steelers picked you know this really speedy guy in the fourth round. They made a Pro Bowl one time or something yeah. like that. I, I think all throughout this draft, you're going to see guys who are really good that got drafted late. I mean, I think Malik Willis still has a potential future. I understand why he fell like a rock, but that doesn't mean he's going to be a flop in the NFL. I mean, you never know. Liberty. <laughs> well... He's got potential. And I'll be honest with you, if I'm Malik Willis going to Tennessee, I'm kind of smiling. Because I'm like, you know, you know, I, I could get a chance to start. Maybe not right away, but, you know, you, you got Tannehill who makes a, uh, too much money. And, I mean, I, I'm shocked Tannehill's there this year. So if Tannehill doesn't have a good year, they can easily cut him, save money, and say, Willis, hey, see what you can do. 
Uh, I just my my closing argument is the toughest opponent Willis faced was Syracuse, and he got beat. Uh, Kenny Pickett demolished Syracuse. So, well, and I'm not I'm not a big Willis apologist. Uh, it, it just it, it's just interesting to see how that shakes out. So, all right, well we're going long, so we better close out. But um, I see Joe just popped in. Uh, Joe's giving us his best. He's waving at us, but uh, we got rule. But hey, um, real quick promo. Like I said, um, got a chance uh, to interview Ryan Clark this week. Check out Ryan had some interesting stuff to say about the Sewers offseason, Sewers draft, Kane Pickett, and everything else. Um, I think behind the silk curtain, might share it, but if not, you can definitely check it out on the Ohioan Podcast Network. Um, we're again. Check out our stuff. Um, Paul, Joe, and I also do Exeter Show. We're just a fun look at pop culture, and we get really goofy. Hey, it's fun. So check that out, too. All right, so for Joe and Paul, I'm Chris. Thanks for checking out uh, Behind the Steel Curtain, Pittsburgh Zero Power Half Hour. Have a great night, everybody. <laughs>